No, I know, I know. I know what you're thinking. What? Kev is back with another episode of Back to Jack Who. Yeah, that's right. I'm back. What is up, people? Um, Crazy, right? Crazy that, that I actually remembered that I had this podcast and that I'm actually coming back to do another episode. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Not me. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Back to Jack Who. Uh, the most infrequent Star Wars podcast that exists. I do apologize um, that I haven't made one of these in so long. Um, but it, let's be honest. Let's not kid ourselves here. It's not like anybody listens to me anyway. It's not like anybody listens to this podcast. But if you do listen to this podcast, I love you. I, I just absolutely love you. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. And um it's, it's so incredibly special that people actually want to listen to me rant about Star Wars. Um, but nobody does, so, you know, whatever. Anyway, what is up, everybody, anybody that's here? How's it going? I hope everybody's doing well. Um, there's a lot to talk about today, and I um, this is going to be an audio-only episode because uh, my college ripped away my Premiere Access because I'm not currently registered for classes, so I don't have Premiere Pro anymore, and I don't have a way to edit a video. And I was going to do a, a Zoom uh, webcam video, um, but then I, I booted it up, and I saw just how bad the camera quality was, and nobody ever watches the YouTube videos anyway. If anybody ever does listen to this podcast, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, so we're going audio only, uh, but you guys can't see my cool new headphones I got. I got some Audio-Technica MT30Xs, I think. They're pretty nice. They're pretty good headphones. Um, I got them because I'm, I'm getting really into sound design and, and doing audio for short films and stuff, uh, and I needed a nice pair of headphones. So now I have those, and I don't have to use my gaming headphones anymore uh, for Back to Jack Q. You guys don't care. You don't care about what headphones I have, but I do. I think they're cool. They sound nice, and... Uh, With that being said, let's get into it. So there's a lot that's happened, right? Um, The last podcast episode I did was chapter six of the Book of Boba Fett when I lost my mind because that was the craziest piece of Star Wars thing I've ever seen in my life. I think it still is. Um, Oh, a couple couple of things we just saw in the last Obi-Wan Kenobi episode that come pretty close, but, but I think chapter six of Book of Boba still holds up as the craziest, most insane single piece of Star Wars content. Um... So I podcasted about that. I never came on to podcast about the finale of the Book of Boba Fett um, because I don't have many thoughts. We've we've all seen the show. We all know how the show ends. We all know how that show went. I wish a lot of things were different, but I'm not here to talk about the things I didn't like um, about it, and we're just kind of going to move on. So Torin, if you're listening, I know you were always asking me about if I was ever going to get to the, the season finale podcast episode about Book of Boba. The answer is no. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, we've we've moved on, but uh, we are on a little show called Obi Wan Kenobi right now. Isn't that insane? Isn't that insane that that we finally have the show? Actually, um, we're only a week, not even a week. I'm recording this on a Thursday. It hasn't even been a week, and we're already halfway done with Kenobi. They dropped the first two episodes at once, and then the third episode came on a Wednesday. And so it hasn't even been seven days and we're already halfway through the show. I don't think they should have released the first two episodes at the same time, but I get why they did because Celebration, everybody was at Celebration and and was there when it premiered, but you know, whatever. It just seems dumb that we're 50% of the way there and it hasn't been a week. But I digress. Um, Speaking of Celebration, though, before we get into the Kenobi talk, which is going to be kind of just scattered and all over the place, I don't have notes. I don't have a plan. I'm just going to ramble. Uh, We're doing a solo episode this time. The plan is to have a guest come on at some point uh, after Kenobi is done, and we can go back and forth talking about the entire show. But for now, I just kind of want to give my quick thoughts. Before we get to that, uh, there was a little convention over this weekend called Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, California. Uh, Tragically, I was not able to attend. I am a broke college student who doesn't have time or money um so i was not able to get uh my self to california which is incredibly unfortunate um because it just celebration seems like excuse me celebration seems like just the best time um so many cool 
announcements. You know, they had celebrities there. They had ca- the cast and crew of Star Wars. They had just everybody that was really anybody was was there. And just the cosplay and, oh, my gosh. I enjoyed every single second of Celebration content I saw on TikTok this weekend. And it, it just made me want to go so bad. And it broke my heart the other day when I saw that next year it's going to be in London because I wanted to go next year. I was like, I can start saving up the summer. And, I you know, if it's in, like, Orlando, that's easy enough for me to drive down there. Um, if it's anywhere in America or Canada, if it was in Toronto, Toronto would be super easy for me to get to. But if, if it's anywhere in North America, I'm there. Unfortunately, it's not in North America. It's literally on the other side of the world. And as somebody who has to save up money for rent for next year and college tuition, and it just it's not affordable. Plane tickets, hotels over there, the most unaffordable thing I've ever looked up in my life. Um, I don't even want to talk about how much flights were. Also, it's April 7th through 10th, 2022. For me, that will be uh, two weeks before my final exam week for college before I graduate, uh, and that's just not a great time to miss. I don't think I can afford to miss that much time. Um, so unfortunately, your boy Kev will not be attending Celebration 23, and hopefully I still have the same passion and same desire to make it to a celebration in 2024, but you know. And it's also a bummer too because I feel like I'm in my prime years of my life to start traveling and going to conventions and getting out to see the world. Um, but when when it's just so expensive and so unaffordable and you know it's just so hard. But once I graduate college, I'm sure I'll have more free time and, and I'll be able to to go out to more conventions and stuff. Um, I'd love to go to like the big comic cons in the United States and stuff, and of course the Star Wars celebrations. Um, because I'm just I'm I'm really into the convention lifestyle now. Ever since I went to my first one this past fall, um, but yeah, I will not be making Celebration 23. Hopefully 24. Um, but on the Celebration kind of cosplay topic, uh, I got the Cobb Vanth cosplay. I think I think I got it after I released the last episode of Back to Jack Hughes. So I haven't been been able to talk about it. So yeah, I. Uh, I have a Cobb Vanth cosplay now. It kind of sucks, not going to lie. I bought it from Amazon. There's a lot of problems with it. The pants don't fit me at all. I need to go get them sized down. Um, the shirt is is the the buttons are on the, the wrong side of the shirt, so I need to go to a tailor and get that redone. Uh, don't love the costume, but I'm planning on modifying it and, and making pieces and, and really making it something unique and something my own instead of just going with the store-bought cosplay like I did with the Kylo costume um but that really kind of intimidates me because I have no idea not a single idea how to go about making pieces for this costume I have no guidance I don't know what I'm doing I've never done anything like this before I'm not really a hands-on person so so painting and, and sanding stuff down and just the whole costume um uh putting together process i'm i'm scared i don't know what i'm doing and i I feel like i'm gonna mess something up but but there's a part of me that's really motivated right now after seeing just everybody in their cosplays at celebration and and i have tiktok mutuals who who cosplayed there and they just look like they had the best time um i i'm very inspired and very motivated to make a costume this summer And my goal is to have a pretty decent Cobb Vanth cosplay done by November this year because that's when the next Grand Rapids Comic Con is, which will be the next con I attend. Um, And I want to debut the Cobb Vanth cosplay there. Um, You guys have seen it on TikTok. It's it's fine for a TikTok cosplay, but it could be so much better. And I'm in a uh, Cobb Vanth, the Marshall uh, build group on Facebook, and everybody in there, their costumes are basically screen accurate. It's insane. And there's no way I'm going to get to that level of quality, but I want something that looks good enough to, like, pass, you know? Because what I have right now, the cheap Amazon costume, ain't really cutting it. Um, but I'm just, I'm so motivated and inspired to, to build a costume, but I don't know how to go about it, and so that kind of sucks. So that's where I'm at with the Cobbyanth cosplay. I'm hoping to have it done in the fall. We'll see how that goes. I have ideas for what I want to do. I have a, a, a notes 
uh, in my notes app on my phone, I have a whole list of things that need to get done. And hopefully that can take place over this whole summer. Um, but that's that's this costume. And especially after seeing some celebration content, I want to build clone armor so bad. I want crosshair clone armor so, so bad. Um, but that is way above my pay grade. I need to start simple with the Cobb Vanth cosplay. And then eventually maybe I'll know what I'm doing well enough to even attempt uh, a clone armor but man, I don't, I just, I want to be at conventions in clone armor with all the other people in clone armor. And it just seems so cool. It seems so cool. I met two people at um, Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids Comic Con who had Hunter and Crosshair armor, but they made it out of, out of foam. Their armor was made out of foam and it looked incredible. And, and that really inspired me. But I think I would go with um, the 3D printed route or you know, buying a kit from somewhere and just, just kind of trying to assemble the pieces and, and everything. But that is, that will not happen for at least, at least another year minimum. Um, but probably not until way later down the line, excuse me. But yeah, no, I just, I'm feeling motivated. I'm feeling inspired. I want to get more into costuming and cosplay and, and this Cobb Vanth, uh, cosplay project. It's, it's offering me, a. A good start into that whole world and everything um obviously i have the kylo cosplay but that was all etsy bought and i didn't have to do anything to modify the costume i will say i'm not necessarily pleased with that one it doesn't look great but you know for tiktok it's fine but with Cobb vanth i'm, I'm really going to go all in with that don't think i'm going to do the boba fett armor look because i do prefer his look without the armor because that's 100 percent him you know that's 100 percent Cobb vanth plus it's easier too to not do the armor but anyway, um, if you guys have any um, tips or suggestions or advice on how to go about costume making, please let me know. I am in dire need of help, um, and I would appreciate it if you guys could offer some some kind advice on how just to go about anything with costume making. Any any experiences you've had, good or bad, that you you feel like sharing, I would I would love to hear it. Um, but yeah, so that's the Cobb Vanth cosplay update. Another thing that happened at Star Wars Celebration is the uh, by far the thing I was the most excited for. It was the uh, the trailer for the second season of a little show called The Bad Batch. You guys know me. You guys know I love The Bad Batch. It's my favorite Star Wars show. Um, it's obvi- I don't think it's the best Star Wars show, but it's it's by far my favorite. I'm so invested in that story, that time period, those characters. You guys know how much I love Crosshair. I mean, come on, come on. So the the season two trailer, man, it looks good. It looks good. There's a lot going on. A lot happened in that trailer. A lot was left out of that trailer. Uh, Crosshair was only in it for two shots, and we don't see him with his helmet on. So immediately that made me speculate, oh, he's got a redemption arc incoming because they're obviously not showing a lot of crosshair. So that mean, must mean that he comes back to join the batch at some point. Um, but that is definitely me over speculating and over analyzing and, and trying to manifest a crosshair redemption arc. But I mean, come on, we got Commander Cody working with crosshair. They're going to be besties. They're going to be a dynamic duo until crosshair ultimately gets redeemed, obviously. I saw a theory... Because I made a I made a TikTok about it, just kind of you know, just my excitement about Crosshair, seeing Crosshair again. Somehow that TikTok got over fifty thousand views, which I don't even understand because my videos never get that many views, and and it wasn't even a good video. But anyway, uh, somebody in my comment section said, "What if Crosshair and Cody are working together, and Rex comes and and you know, um, Crosshair goes to shoot Rex, and then Cody sacrifices himself to save his old pal." And I'm like, man, it's nine o'clock in the morning. You 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 didn't need to put that in my TikTok comments. I didn't need to wake up to that comment. Um, I'm expecting to get emotionally damaged by the second season, much like I did the first season. I am a hundred percent in on the Bad Batch more than any other Star Wars property. I was on TikTok Live the other night, just kind of going over my thoughts for the season two trailer, and and I got emotional talking about this show. 
I, I had a few teardrops fall from my eye when I was talking about how much I love the story and I love the characters and I love that era of Star Wars TikTok, the Bad Batch era of Star Wars TikTok, where I would make theory videos and speculation videos and I was living in that show. I was so invested, so involved with it, where I, I really was living in the Bad Batch is, is kind of the term I used to, to exaggerate how much I was into it. Um and that they're just talking to everybody on TikTok about the show. And it was just, it was by far my favorite era of Star Wars TikTok. And I miss it. I miss it a lot. I'd go live all the time and talk about the episodes. I always worked every Friday. So I would wake up early before work to make sure I could watch the episode. And then all day at work, that's all I'm thinking about is the Bad Batch and Crosshair. And I started I started having toothpicks in my mouth because, because of Crosshair. And the the show just means so much to me, and I, I'm I'm forever thankful for for the memories of the Bad Batch era of TikTok and and being able to talk to talk to my friends about it and and just you know, uh, and I hope we get that with season two. I really hope we get that with season two. Um, it's it's interesting. It's interesting for sure. We see they got new armor where they they got rid of the red and and black kind of color scheme. They're going with orange now, which I'm not a huge fan of. But it, but it is cool to see the armor. It's more like, um, like scavenged armor almost. It look, I mean, everybody's still got their base, basic, you know, layout of armor. But they've got bits and pieces on their armor that don't necessarily fit. And it's, it's cool to see kind of the evolution of it. They don't also, uh, Wrecker and Tech, not Tech, excuse me, Wrecker and Echo, don't have the ninety nine on their helmets anymore, and there are no Clone Force ninety nine skulls on the armor at all. Uh, which makes sense, you know, they're kind of on the run, they're not necessarily Clone Force 99 anymore, but, um, man, it's it's kind of sad to see, it kind of is a little sad. Um, it's, it's good that they finally got Omega Helmet, uh, I cannot believe it took them that long, it's like, hey, so we're going on all these dangerous missions where we've almost died several times, and we have this small child that's kind of tagging along with us and getting herself mixed up in some things uh, that, quite frankly, she probably shouldn't be mixed up in, and, you know, she's out here risking her life just like we are, uh, dodging laser blasts and, and, and barely avoiding death and what have you. But, yeah, let's not give her any armor. Let's not give her a helmet or anything. She'll be fine in just her, her regular old clothes, whereas we're fully decked out in, in clone armor. Cannot believe it took them that long, but Omega's finally got a helmet. So good for her. Uh, there's a time jump. We're not necessarily uh, directly after season one. I don't know how far the time jump is. I'm speculating. It's going to be about a year or so after season one, uh, which means Crosshair's had a lot of time to reflect. And that was kind of my um, thoughts on why he stayed behind in the finale was because he just went through a lot. You know, he um, he was he was so devoted to serving the Empire and everything, and then the Empire just turned on him and blew up um, Topoka City with him still there. And he's got a lot to process. He's not necessarily ready to join the Bad Batch right then and there. He's got to reflect and think about things and stuff. So now he's had some time to do that. And I, I wonder how quickly he's going to um, get redeemed and join back to the Bad Batch. Or maybe not. Uh, it's I don't want I don't want to say this. I don't want these next words to come out of my mouth. But they're going to. It's very likely a clone will die in this show. It's very likely a member of the Batch will die. And more than likely, that's going to be Crosshair. Because we all know how Star Wars is with redeemed characters. Darth Vader gets redeemed, dies. Ben Solo gets redeemed, dies. Crosshair probably gets redeemed, probably dies. Because they can't ever have a, a villain get redeemed and atone for their actions. They can have a redemption arc, sure, but talking is hard. I apologize. I, wow. Wow. Um, sorry, guys. It's 11 at night. I had a long day at work. Um, and I can't talk, I guess. They can have a redemption arc, sure, but they cannot have an atonement arc. And I think Crosshair would be a perfect character to have atone for their actions and really deal with the consequences and learn to accept them and learn to change and be better because of it. But let's be real, they're probably going to kill him off right away. He's probably going to sacrifice himself to save Omega and then die. Because that's what happens when Star Wars characters get redeemed. <sighs> Whatever. I'm, I'd be so over it if that happened. I really hope that's not the case. But but yeah. Um, Gunji's back. 
the greatest youngling to ever exist. Um, he survived Order 66. What a legend. Um, I I wonder if the other younglings did, though. I wonder if we'll see any of the other ones. But I feel like there's just so many Jedi that survived. But, you know, there were thousands of Jedi at the time of Order 66. So I, I guess it would make sense that a good handful of them did survive. But I'm glad that Gunji is still alive. Uh, Gunji's back. Obviously, Rampart's back. Uh, Rix, Captain Rix, is back. Um, Cody, Commander Cody. We're finally getting Commander Cody back after who knows how long. Um, well, since Season 7 of The Clone Wars, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't have the trailer pulled up in front of me or anything. I've only watched it like four times, so I haven't seen it that many times. Um, Sid is back. The Emperor's back and looks better than ever. Masamita, um, they're running away from crabs, which I thought was funny. Um, but yeah, it, it it was a good trailer. It didn't really tell us a lot about the story, which I think is good because, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, I really liked the music at the end of the trailer. It was kind of like techno, I guess, um, but it, it sounded cool. It fit the theme of the Bad Batch, and I'm ready to, to live in this show yet again i'm so ready for the bad batch autumn 2022 not that far uh and it's you know it's gonna be good it's gonna be good and i i would like to formally go on the record here and apologize for the person i will become when that show is running uh, i'm not gonna be able to shut up about it i'm not gonna be able to shut up about crosshair and if you guys follow me on tiktok or twitter i would like to apologize in advance so that's the bad batch season two i can't wait and it's going to be fantastic. Um, Andor, we got a teaser trailer for Andor. Looks sick. Uh, the vibe of it is really cool. It feels it feels different. Uh, it f- it's a different kind of vibe than I think we're used to with Star Wars. Um, and we're getting the Imperial gunships in it, which are sick. Uh, but yeah, that looks cool. There's uh, Tales of the Jedi, a animated Clone Wars style animation um, anthology series about Ahsoka and Dooku. Three episodes on each. We're, I think we're getting the uh, how Ahsoka got her white lightsabers with the Inquisitor. Uh, we're getting a young Qui-Gon. We're getting Mace Windu training under Dooku. It's going to be really cool to see. Um, I think that's going to be that's going to be a hit definitely with the fans because um, anything Clone Wars related is a is a win. And that that's just it's going to be so good. It's going to be such a lovely treat. You know, we didn't ask for it. We didn't want it. We weren't begging for Tales of the Jedi. But we got it because we're getting spoiled right now as Star Wars fans. It is a fantastic time to be in love with this franchise. There's just, there's something for everybody. There's so much good Star Wars coming out, and it's just oh, it's it's so dandy. It's a delight. It's so it's, it's so good. It's so good. Um, if Kiefer or Caleb are listening, it's just a zesty treat, guys. It is such a zesty treat. For the eyes, for the ears, it's just incredible. We are getting some good Star Wars just served up on a platter. Um, <laughs> but you guys aren't listening. Kiefer and Caleb aren't listening, so they they won't they won't hear that. That's funny. That's an inside joke. Um, but yeah, it's just there's so many more announcements they came out with over Celebration. I can't even recap them all. But it's it's just a damn good time to be a Star Wars fan. It's especially a good time to be a Star Wars fan because we're getting Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Long time. That was horrible. Hang on. I can do that better. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Nope. Obi-Wan. Nope. Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. A long time. Oh, you knew him. Of course I know him. He's me. Still not good. My Star Wars impressions have always missed the mark, and that has not changed with Obi-Wan. But yeah, we're getting Obi-Wan Kenobi. We're halfway through the show already, and oh my god. Oh my god, right? Like, that's that's really all I have to say. Um, Just kidding. I have thoughts, and you're about to hear them. But man, the show, I, I, I went into it without any expectations. Because after kind of getting my heart broken by the Book of Boba Fett, I'm like, okay, I can't have the same level of excitement and level of expectations as I did with Boba Fett with Kenobi I just have to go in it completely open-minded and just see what we get and see how I like it from there and going into the show like that I couldn't be more happy with with the way I, I, I did that because everybody was always 
on TikTok, like, here's everything I want to see in Kenobi. And they just had so many kind of, like, unrealistic expectation things. Granted, we're only halfway through the show, so who's to say that that kind of stuff won't happen? Like, Clone Wars flashbacks with Satine and, and you know, Qui-Gon and stuff, which probably will happen because, you know. Uh, oh, by the way, spoilers for the first three episodes of Kenobi. Uh, that's probably a given. It's probably a Raylan Givens. Um, but <laughs> that was... If you guys seen Justified, I've I'm on I'm almost done with the whole season, whole se- whole series. I started watching it because I'm kind of um, infatuated with Timothy Oliphant these days, and Raylan Givens is literally Cobb Vanth, but like in the real world, and I love that show so much. But anyway, um, spoiler warning for the first three episodes of Kenobi, um, but I'm sure we've all seen it, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for it. Uh, so Obi-Wan's, you know, reaching out to Qui-Gon. He needs guidance. So there's a thousand percent chance we're getting some guidance from Liam Neeson in the show at some point, probably towards the very end. Um, but there's just a whole lot of unrealistic expectations. I, I don't know if it's expectations per se, but a lot of unrealistic. I don't even know if unrealistic is the proper term. There are a lot of crazy things people want to see, and there's no way we're, we're getting all of them. There we go. That's what I wanted to say. Um, but yeah, so so I don't even I've seen the first episode twice, the second episode once, and the third episode twice, and I'm just gonna kind of try and play it all through my brain and see if I can remember what happens and talk about everything. Uh, so episode one, we get um, oh my gosh, okay, well you know the episode starts with a massacre. Oh my gosh, um, Order sixty six at the Jedi Temple. Uh, can we talk about live action clone troopers for the probably the first time ever? I don't know if they were fully live action in the book of Boba Fett, but but they a hundred percent were for Obi Wan Kenobi. I saw the behind the scenes pictures. That's just awesome because we all know that clones were fully digital in the prequels, and we've never gotten a live action clone. So to see some live action five hundred first clone trooper armor, that was a treat. That was a zesty treat for sure. Um, but yeah, we start off with Order 66. Um, Reva is a thousand percent one of those younglings because in storytelling and filmmaking, you don't put in a scene, you don't write a, a, a scene that doesn't have importance, that doesn't progress the story forward. So why would they just randomly show a bunch of younglings um, during Order 66? That doesn't make sense for for a story t- from a storytelling uh, from a screenwriter's perspective. Um, Look at me talking about, like, I, I know screenwriting. I took one screenwriting class last year. I mean, I am in the film program at my college. I'm a film student. But, I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I feel like I do. And, you know, whatever. I'm just going to continue being pretentious anyway. Um, from a screenwriter's perspective, you don't write things that don't progress the story. And so if we just had a random Order 66 scene that doesn't make any sense for the story moving forward, then that just that wouldn't even work that wouldn't even make sense so reva a thousand percent has to be one of those younglings and it's going to come back later especially because of something she did in episode three which we'll get to but a hundred percent she was not even a hundred percent a billion thousand percent she was one of the younglings there but that was not easy to watch especially with um it wasn't great timing too because of um real world events that unfortunately happened in texas uh yeah but you know, it was it was kind of kind of hard to watch after seeing the news and stuff. But you know, I guess that's just not to get political or anything. But that's just the country we live in, and our 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 administration, our government, will not do anything about it. And it's sickening, and it's disgusting. And it how many more times does it have to happen before something gets changed? Before something gets done? It's it's a disgrace. But anyway, I'm going to digress because this is not a politics podcast. This is a Star Wars podcast. So post-Order 66 scene, uh, we get Hermit Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hermit Ben Kenobi. And he's broken. Um, And that's just so gut-wrenching, I guess, to see see a broken Obi-Wan. You know, he's making making ends meet. (laughs) Ends meet. Get it? He's making ends meet because he's working at a meat market harvesting meat i'm funny i'm a really funny person and i don't think people appreciate that enough about me i'm kidding um i'm not i'm not being serious right now i think i'm a little funny but not not that funny um uh 
but yeah, he's just kind of watching over Luke like like we knew he did. And, you know, he's uh he really cares about Luke and you can tell he's he got the the Skyhopper toy for him and and brought it to to the homestead, but then Owen was like, "Nah, dude, like get out of here. We don't want you." Um the the tension and kind of the the um rivalry, I don't even, that's not even the right word. The the dynamic between Owen and Ben is is really cool to see i think because even though it kind of hurts to watch especially when you know uh obi-wan said uh when the time comes he must be trained and then owen goes like you trained his father and then oh man like dude you didn't have to do that you didn't have to do that you didn't have to do that owen's a savage man um but especially when oh yeah and when obi-wan asks if uh luke's okay he goes is he okay and like his voice breaks like you can tell how much he loves luke skywalker and how much he cares for him and it's just it's emotional it really is there's a there's a very the weight of the show not even with just this first episode but but the first three episodes it's it's got a different weight to the show than any other star wars show has if that makes more sense it's far more emotional and it really pulls on you more than any other star wars show um and it's just it's the weight of the show is incredibly different than anything we've seen with any of the other Star Wars shows. Um, and then so I guess before even all that stuff happens, we get the Inquisitors uh, hunting for the 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 Safety Jedi, um, and we get our introduction to Reva. And a lot of people don't like Reva. And first of all, can we talk about how Star Wars fans suck like literally so much that? Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, Ewan McGregor, had to make a video saying, hey guys, don't be racist maybe. Um, And the Star Wars official Twitter and Instagram account did the same thing. It's sickening that it got to that point that that had to be said. Like, come on. You can like not like a character. Fine, whatever. If you're going so far to send them racist messages and, and to be hateful and to be disrespectful, especially in a racist way, you're a scum. You're, you're quite literally scum. You don't deserve Star Wars. You don't deserve to call yourself a fan of this franchise. And the Star Wars fandom would be a much better place without you. Even Ewan McGregor said, if you've been sending hate messages to Moses Ingram, you're no Star Wars fan in my mind. Damn right, Ewan. You tell them. Because they're not Star Wars fans. They're, they're scumbags is what they are. And it's so sad and so sickening that that, that had to happen. That we're at that point where we haven't learned from any of the other Star Wars actors that have gotten hate, and it's it's still happening. And even even Lucasfilm warned Moses beforehand, like, "Hey, this is gonna happen." It's it's unbelievably dumb and stupid, and it shouldn't happen, but it does because people suck. And I'm actually like upset about it. God, man, Star Wars fans are the worst. I, I I'm almost ashamed. To call myself a fan of this franchise and associate myself with the Star Wars fandom. Because a lot of them suck, man. A lot of them are just horrible, horrible people that don't deserve to even like this franchise. Honestly, I'm gatekeeping. I know, I'm gatekeeping Star Wars from the racist. Is that is that so bad? I don't think so. I think it needs to be done. But, uh, you know, there are more of us that, that are positive and, you know, positive Star Wars fans and... It's it's kind of hard to believe that at times because the, the they're just the, the racist scumbag fans are just so loud, and it, it it makes it hard to believe that there's such positive people in the fandom. But there are there are more of us. Um, but Riva's awesome, man. A lot of people don't like Riva, which I I really don't get because she's such a loose cannon. She's so unpredictable. She's so feisty. And, and she's a lot similar to Anakin, if you think about it, because she really doesn't care for the rules. She doesn't care for authority. She doesn't care for order. She does what she wants to do. What Jedi does that remind you of? That's Anakin Skywalker. Anakin never played by the rules. He always did his own thing. And, you know, with good intention, obviously. Um, and, and Reva's the same way. She's going to do what she needs to do. To, to you know find these jedi to hunt these jedi and she's not going to care what other people think she's not going to ask for permission she's not going to ask for forgiveness she's set out on her own path on her she has her own goals and she's she's working alone and she's so 
kind of kind of fierce and it's just it's so similar to Anakin so similar to Anakin and I like that a lot I like that a lot I think she's a really cool character and I think I think we're gonna get some backstory for her and it's gonna be so interesting um and she's got this this fascination for Obi-Wan Kenobi which might not make a lot of sense so so I guess on a surface level you would think oh she wants to to hunt Kenobi so bad so that she can get the respect of Vader but I think and this is not my theory I can't take credit for this I've seen this uh, a couple people on the internet on the interwebs talking about it but I think because she was most likely one of those younglings at the uh, Jedi Temple during Order 66 that Obi-Wan remember that Obi-Wan Kenobi sent a message to, to the remaining Jedi hey stay away from the temple don't come here and so that kind of screwed over all the surviving Jedi in the temple they didn't have any help coming they had nobody to come save them because of Obi-Wan Kenobi because Obi-Wan told the Jedi to stay away and I think she kind of resents Obi-Wan because of that and you know she probably went through some pretty traumatic stuff probably barely escaped with her life because of Obi-Wan Kenobi and I think that's probably why she's got this such desire to hunt him and and you know to find him and capture him and probably kill him or turn him turn uh him over to Vader which is most likely what would have happened but yeah Reva's awesome I like her character a lot and I don't understand all the hate it's just it's dumb it's dumb not not talking about you know the racist hate I'm talking about character hate which is far more acceptable um but I I have uh people on TikTok that I've seen that don't like the character of Reva because she's such a loose cannon and so kind of unpredictable but like that's the point of her character like you're not supposed to like her um and you know if if you don't that means the character was well written and well acted and Moses Ingram is absolutely killing it in that role and I I hope we get some more story for Reva the fifth brother too is awesome um Sung Kang I believe is the actor's name he played Han in the Fast and Furious movies um the way he talks and the way he moves his face and just everything about him is so cool so cool um really enjoy seeing him on the screen uh the grand inquisitor like should we talk about that i mean that's episode two uh so let's let's wait until we get through episode one because uh, we are introduced to another character in episode one a 10 year old leia organa did not think she was going to play such a big part in the show didn't even know she was going to be in the show quite frankly but she's perfect she is absolutely perfect the actress who plays her don't know her name i know her first name is vivian something she is exactly what a young princess leia would be like the sass the attitude remember remember when we first meet princess leia in the original trilogy that's how she is she's sassy she's got an attitude she she um you know tells tarkin she could recognize his stench the moment she was brought on board like she she's she's not afraid to, to say what's on her mind and be a little snarky and that is exactly what we're getting with little leia and it's perfect um the way the way she roasts her cousin uh when he's like why are you talking to a droid they're a lower life form you're not supposed to talk to them and then she goes well maybe i shouldn't be talking to you then oh my gosh get absolutely roasted um and and man seeing alderaan is so cool um seeing bria and bail more especially when bail was like um cons- con- um comforting her about being a real organa because Leia's like, well, I'm not even a real Organa. And then he's like, don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. You are real Organa. You know, you're our daughter. We love you. Um, and it, 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 seeing that kind of world and that relationship dynamic and and everything get more flushed out with Alderaan makes it so much more sad that it gets blown up in um, A New Hope. And it's kind of speaking on the same um, topic, I guess, of... of seeing things get more flushed out this whole show is flushing star wars out and that's kind of what star wars is and what's what modern star wars does is it takes everything we know about star wars and just adds to it excuse me it it's an 
ever-evolving and expanding story. And we're always getting new details about everything. And it's it's just so cool to see that it's always constantly evolving and constantly progressing. And, and we definitely get that with the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Especially with another thing, which I'll get into in a bit here. Um, but then Leia's running in the woods and gets um, captured by Flea, which a lot of people were complaining about the chase scene. I understand. I understand the complaints, uh, especially the one running into a branch. You know, it's a it's a little cheesy. It's a little goofy. But, you know, if that's the biggest complaint, then I think the show is doing a pretty good job. Uh, and so Bale is like, hey, Obi-Wan, I need your help. Leia's got captured. I need your help to get her back. And, and we're getting with Obi-Wan what we got with Luke in The Last Jedi. It, the parallel is insane. It's perfect. I love it. Obi-Wan shut himself off from the force he's not a jedi anymore he's resenting anything to do with the jedi and he's like bail i can't i that's not who i am anymore the same exact way when ray went to luke for help he was like i can't help you that's not who i am that's not what i do it's like poetry it rhymes man and and it's just so good it's so good to see the parallels between obi-wan and luke and oh my gosh this it it's just incredible. The show is incredible. I I wasn't expecting to talk about it for so long, and we're not even on episode two yet. And and it's just it's so good. It's so good. So let's let's quickly recap episode two, I guess. Um. So Obi Wan and Leia, uh, Obi no Obi Wan goes to that planet to get Leia. Uh, he goes through the meth lab. Uh, Anakin, we have to cook. Uh, it was Breaking Bad crossover. <laughs> um, I love that. Uh, we get Tamura Morrison as a clone trooper. Um, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to try and do a 10 voice. So uh, bear with me here. Spare any credits? No. <clears throat> usually usually I can kind of do it when I say like certain lines. But spare any, <clears throat> spare any credits? Help a veteran get to one meal. Nope. Horrible. Like I said, my Star Wars impressions fall flat every time. I'm sorry I just made you guys listen to that. Um, but... It's it's awesome to see Tamir Morrison as a clone again, even if he's you know homeless and has a beard and is begging for money. Um, but he's wearing clone armor. We got Tamir Morrison in live action clone armor, so I think that's pretty cool. No shot that clone doesn't recognize Obi Wan, right? He's five o first, and it's I'm pretty sure every clone in the five o first would know who Obi Wan is, just because you know his proximity to Amakin, Amakin Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker. Um, my friend Kiefer texted me the other day asking about uh, a question about the show or whatever, and he said Anakin, but then he started calling him a napkin, which I thought was funny. Um, but there's no way that clone didn't recognize Obi-Wan. Also, if Obi-Wan's trying to like disguise himself and hide himself, why is he why is he walking around in a Jedi robe? Huh? Make it make sense. That is like the least conspicuous, like it's 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 so obvious, dude. You're a Jedi, right? but you don't want to be seen as a Jedi. You want to hide that fact about you. So maybe don't wear Jedi robes. Maybe maybe wear something else, literally anything else, uh, except Jedi robes. You're kind of giving yourself away uh, in in the, the silliest way. So silly. Um, anyway, I digress. Uh, so then he goes and meets... Uh, I don't even remember what happened in the episode. I only watched it once. He rescues Leia. Uh, they meet that fake Jedi. Um, I don't know the actor's name, but he's pretty he's pretty popular, right? Uh, which I actually really like that that dude. I thought it was kind of funny that he's running a scam, uh, and he's just so unafraid to portray himself as a Jedi. Um, and then the bounty hunter chase, which was pretty cool, and then um, Reva parkour, which I didn't necessarily care so much for, but whatever. Um, then uh, the Grand Inquisitor gets impaled, and there's no way he's dead because they wouldn't retcon rebels. But like that impalement didn't look very survivable, so I'm not exactly sure uh, what's going on there. But I mean, it's nothing a knight in the back to tank can't fix, right? Um, so uh, that leads us to the end of the episode. There's two things I want to talk about with the end of the episode. I'm probably forgetting something, but I don't care. This podcast already way longer than I wanted it to be and nobody's even listening this far so you know I'm just gonna keep rambling uh Obi-Wan tells Leia that she reminds him of Padme that she was a leader she was fearless a little a little stubborn um 
And a lot of people think that was Satine, but there's no way he's looking at Padme's daughter and talking about Satine. He's a thousand percent talking about Padme. And wow, emotional, right? Very emotional. Um, because Leia, little Leia is Padme. Padme would have been so proud of the person her daughter turned out to be. Um, and it's it's kind of sad that she never got to see to see that. But that is Star Wars, man. Star Wars is so sad. It's tragic. It makes me cry. I'm going to cry just talking about it. Um, so then we get the reveal. Reva drops a bombshell on old Obi-Wan. Hey, remember Anakin? Yeah. Um, turns out he's alive, which is interesting because how does Reva know Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader? Because anybody who does know that does not live to get to tell anybody. If Vader finds out you know who he is, you're dead. You're dead then and there. It's not even a question. Um. So how does Reva know that and is still breathing? Now that's the question. And that's something that will definitely be answered in the show. A lot of people think that she was at the Jedi Temple. Obviously, she was one of the younglings. And she saw Anakin doing his thing there. And either Anakin sensed how powerful she was with the Force and took her in. Or... She ran away but still saw who it was. Um, I don't know. It, it will get explained at some point. Um, but but you can you can see the emotion on, on Ewan McGregor's face. And it's just when his voice breaks and he goes, Anakin? And oh my goodness, what a, what a heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching moment. Ewan McGregor is phenomenal in this show. Just, just his face and the way he acts, and he, he is nailing it for sure. Um, but what a moment. What a moment. And then the, the cut to Vader in the back to tank, and you can see Anakin's face. Um, that, that cut reminded me of um, the cut in The Shining where it, it like quickly cuts the Jack Frozen there. Spoilers for The Shining, I guess. Uh, how it was just so quick and jarring. That cut from Obi-Wan to Anakin was was quick and jarring, and it, and it reminded me of that. So then we go to episode three, and wow, I guess is all I really have to say about it. My jaw was on the floor several times this episode. So we start with um, Obi-Wan kind of processing the, the bombshell he just had dropped on him, and he's, he's reaching out to Qui-Gon for guidance, but Qui-Gon is nowhere to be heard. Um... And then Leia asked him what the Force feels like, and I loved this. Uh, so Obi-Wan is like, have you ever been afraid of the dark? And she's like, yep. And then he was like, how do, how do you feel when the lights come back on? And she goes, I feel safe. And he goes, that's what the Force feels like. What a way to describe that. Um, especially between those two characters. Um, it's just, it's so special. I think I don't even know how else I, I, to describe that moment. It was just so incredibly cool and special to hear that dialogue exchange between those two and, and to get Obi-Wan's feelings about the Force because I don't think that's something we've ever really like got into. Maybe I'm just not not thinking right, but like that was the first time Obi-Wan's I don't know. Anyway, what a moment. Um and just such a cool little dialogue exchange. So they need to they need to hitch a ride because now they're on this planet and um, they need to find their way back. Uh, so they're walking through, and Obi Wan has a vision of Anakin Skywalker. We got Hayden Christensen back as Anakin Skywalker in the Jedi robes, and wow, that's just. Who would have thought we would have seen that on our screens ever again? You know? So Obi-Wan's obviously haunted haunted by this, and he's going through a lot. <laughs> He'll especially go through a lot at the end of the episode. So then they uh, they hit a ride with uh, Freck, I think his name was, which I really liked him at first. I really liked Freck at first. He seemed like a, a genuinely good dude. Uh, and then, you know... Um, it's it's also funny that they questioned uh their he questioned their stories like huh that's weird that's a weird story um about them being farmers from tall visiting family so then they hop on the back of their his truck 
and there's an imperial cog on the back of his truck. Now, I got a little political earlier. Uh, I might do the same here because Freck is obviously supposed to be a certain type of American citizen. And I think we all know what kind of person Freck is supposed to be. And, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say anything more about that. But I think I think we all know, which was a really kind of bold move, I think, for Star Wars to take. But I respect it. Um, and I uh, I think it was very, very topical and very like current um and, and just what an analogy um but yeah i think that was really cool to see uh so they they're on they're with this imperial sympathizer and okay i will say one last thing about the politics thing i saw a tweet today i retweeted it because i thought it was funny it was a picture of freck and it said where was he on january 6th <laughs> and that's all i'm gonna say that's all i'm gonna say we're done so they hop a ride with uh, a Freck, and then he picks up some stormtroopers, and they're like, uh-oh. So the stormtroopers start questioning them, and they have to, you know, keep making up a story. And then this is kind of where it got, like, really, like, emotional. And the Obidala stands out there. I know you're out there. Uh, you guys won here. Uh, so Obi-Wan, they're basically just talking about how uh, Luma's mother isn't with them any longer, and it's been hard, and they miss her. And uh, Obi-Wan slips up and says Leia instead of Luma. And the stormtroopers pick up on that. And they're like, what did you just say? And he's like, sorry, I get confused. Uh, Leia was her mother's name. When I look at her, I see her mother. And if that doesn't hit you right in in the feels, then I don't think you have emotions. Oh, man, it was just because she is little Leia is Padme. Like she's she's her mother. And, and then, you know, the stormtroopers leave. And then Leia's like, you knew my real mother, didn't you? And he was like, yep. And then she was like, are you my real father? And then he says, I wish I could say I was, but I'm not. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Come on, man. Like, you can't you can't do that to us. That's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. Um. And then he talks about how he has glimpses of his family because the Jedi get taken away at a very young age. And he thinks he has a brother. Uh, so I don't know if Obi-Wan's brother is ever going to come back up again. But like that's kind of like a big thing that they mentioned that I don't think we ever knew. Um, so then they get to a checkpoint. Uh, they get uh, made uh, thanks to that probe droid. Uh, so Obi-Wan does a little shooty-shooty with his blaster. <laughs> so uncivilized. Um, and then uh, shoots a stormtrooper off of the platform, and then he falls directly onto the laser beam and gets cut in half. Don't think uh, robot legs are going to work for him like it did for Maul. Um, that was brutal, though. That was by far the most brutal death we've ever seen in Star Wars. Even the Mandalorian, they kind of cut away right when that guy got sliced by the door, but they just they fully showed the stormtrooper getting beamed in half. And I like how kind of dark and gritty this show is. Like I said, it's got kind of a weight to it that, that we haven't seen with Star Wars before. Uh, so they make it through the checkpoint. Obi-Wan shoots it to turn off the, the gate because that's how gates and doors work in Star Wars. You just shoot them. Um, and then uh, a squad of Stormies pull up on them. Um, I was going to say Stormy Boys, but I can't say Stormy Boys because one of them was a female, which I thought was cool. Um and then there's a imperial like officer with them, and uh, so they're surrender. But then the officer officer pulls a general Hux and the rise of Skywalker. I'm the spy, um, but she's not a spy. She's just kind of um, helping people who need help. Uh, which their whole like opening conversation was a little weird to me because they don't exchange names. They never Obi Wan or Leia never ask who she is. They just kind of go with it which was weird but you know whatever so then they go back to the hideout place uh the path which is a system of tunnels that um are all over the galaxy that smuggle uh force sensitive children because the empire are after them not just the jedi but all the force sensitive kiddos um and nobody ever sees them again so they obviously need some help and so they have the 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 way or the path or whatever that, that helps those um, 
people get the help that they need. And we get a name drop here. Um, Quinlan freaking Voss. He is alive. I mean, we knew he was alive. He survived Order 66. But man, does it finally feel good to get some Quinlan crumbs in canon again. Uh, Dark Disciple is probably my third... No, it's my second. It's my second favorite Star Wars book behind Lost Stars. Um, and it was awesome to get some Quinlan um, reference there. I don't think he's going to show up in this show, but I do think they're definitely setting up Quinlan Voss for another like series or show or something. Because he's such an interesting character. People would go crazy for a Quinlan spinoff. So Quinlan's alive and well and helping um, for sensitive kids, which is awesome. Um and then, uh, so Leia and uh, the Tala, I believe her name was, they escape because there's a certain someone who landed in this this village. All the Inquisitors are there. And uh, because Obi-Wan Kenobi is there, um, Darth Vader shows up. And when Darth Vader makes his presence known, and when Darth Vader shows up, you know you're, you're in it. You know you're in some stuff. Um absolutely brutal Abs- this is the most brutal i think star wars has ever been so vader's walking through the streets of the village murdering innocent civilians to lure out obi-wan force chokes a, a, a woman or i think it was a guy uh so he pulls him out of the window and then his son his son probably like teenage son runs out like dad um and then vader just snaps his neck and he dies instantly. My I my jaw was literally on the floor when that happened. I could not believe they put that in in a Disney show. Unbelievably violent, unbelievably brutal. But that is Darth Vader. That is who Darth Vader is. And then he drags another woman behind him, kills her, all in an attempt to lure out Obi-Wan. And that's that's Darth Vader. That's Vader and it's it's hard to believe that it's Anakin Skywalker in there but oh my goodness I couldn't even I couldn't even process what I was watching it was insane so Leia and um Tala escape to through the tunnel but then Tala has to double back to go help Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan is obviously not gonna do well with Vader um so Obi-Wan is on rust now for Modern Warfare 2 um and he runs in the Vader, and then he says to Anakin, "What if you become?" And then Anakin goes, or Vader goes, "I am what you made me." Oh my God! I I, I cannot believe the the emotional damage the show is causing. It's insane. It's unbelievably insane. I cannot. I can't handle it, man. I can't do it. I I can't do it. It's oh, so hard to watch. It's so sad. That's Star Wars. So then they they fight. They have a lightsaber fight. Obi-Wan's obviously hasn't picked up a lightsaber in a decade. Closed himself off from the Force. He's not doing so hot against his former apprentice who has been training and is kind of at his peak. Um, and, you know, Obi-Wan is no no match for Vader. Vader wipes Obi-Wan. But Vader's not trying to kill him. He wants Obi-Wan to suffer like he's suffered. And he's so petty. He is so petty. People will try and argue that Vader and Anakin are two different people. No. No, they're not. Because if they were, Darth Vader would not be as petty as he is. You know what was funny, too, was in the beginning of the episode when he's talking to Reva on the hologram. After that hologram ends, the way he stands up and walks over to the window, he's so dramatic. That was so dramatic. Like, he, needed, he didn't need to stand up that quickly. He didn't need to be that dramatic. He's such a drama queen. And that is Anakin Skywalker. If that's any proof that that's Anakin Skywalker under that mask, then there you go. Um, but he's petty and he's dramatic and he's 100% Anakin. He's just an Anakin that's been through unbelievable torment and heartbreak and trauma. And, you know, it can change a person. You know, people change. And I think that's a big thing to think about when thinking is Anakin and Vader one and the same is yes, because people can change, you know, the Luke Skywalker in the last Jedi is the same Luke Skywalker 
in Return of the Jedi, people change. They're, they're not completely different people because they act differently or they do different things. Um, but I'm, I'm in the camp that Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader are absolutely the same person. So then uh, the lightsaber fight happens, uh, and then uh, Vader toys with Obi-Wan, force chokes him, lights a fire, burns Obi-Wan like Obi-Wan burned him, and he's he goes, now you will suffer, Obi-Wan. Um, because he's not trying to kill Obi-Wan. He's trying to torment Obi-Wan. He's trying to torture Obi-Wan. He wants to see him suffer. He wants to see him in pain. And that's the reason why he didn't, um, after the uh, the first sniper blast from Tala came in, that's the reason he didn't kill Obi-Wan right there. It's because he's this is just the beginning of Obi-Wan's suffering. He's going to let him get away gonna be let obi-wan be horrified for his life that anakin's gonna catch back up to him um and it's it's gonna torment obi-wan and that's what what vader wants um and man i just it hurts so much emotional damage it's just incredibly sad and hard to watch and i will say the tension that this show has like you're genuinely worried for obi-wan even though you know he's gonna be fine like we know what happens to both of these characters like nine years in the future you know like um but the show still has tension and you're still genuinely concerned and worried um wow i just hit an hour on the podcast i did not mean to go on this long i'm sorry guys i'm I'm, look at me apologizing like anybody's listening yeah okay uh but if you are listening i love you um but there's there's so much tension in the show and deborah chow I knew the show was going to be in good hands. She did my favorite two episodes of season one, Amando, and she's such an incredible director. And I, I without never had any doubt that that this show wasn't going to be fantastic because Deborah Chow was at the helm. Um, but yeah, so then um, Leia runs into Riva, uh, so that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And uh, yeah, there's just there's so much more I want to talk about when Vader is watching Obi Wan kind of be in pain and, and stuff that's i think that's anakin when it's that close-up shot on the helmet and you can see the fire in the lenses of the helmet i think that's that's anakin just just watching what's happening to his old master um and it's emotionally damaging and you know that's star wars uh one last thing i want to talk about about the show is um reva no i think i already talked about it, it was something about the inquisitors about how their um, the power dynamic between them and how they're always kind of going at each other, I guess, to try and get Vader's um, approval or whatever. There was definitely something I wanted to mention, but I I can't remember. But it, this podcast is too long anyway. I'll I'll see if I remember and do it in the next one. So I think that's gonna wrap up this episode of Back to Jack Hugh. Thank you guys so 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 much if you made it this far. I don't think anybody did, but um. It feels good to be podcasting again, even though it is an audio-only episode. Um, I uh, It's good to get back on the mic and put these new headphones to use. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for more episodes in the future. Um, I'm not making any promises because, you know, it's been forever since I last did one of these. But I'm, I'm shooting to make another one at the end of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I will also want to have a guest on that one because I don't want to just ramble by myself for another hour like I just did. Um, so if you guys made it this far in the episode, uh, oh my gosh, I can't even do my thing. I can't do my thing that I always do because this is an audio only episode. Dang it, man. Shoot. I'm actually kind of upset. So you guys know at the end of every episode, I, I say to drop a hashtag down in the YouTube comments. Um, but there are no YouTube comments because this is an audio only episode. I'm not uploading anything to YouTube, man. That's really disappointing. I'm, I'm so so sad that actually that actually incredibly upsets me so what we're gonna do instead is if you made it this far in the episode head over to whatever the last tiktok video i posted is whatever the latest tiktok is on my page in the comment section why don't you go ahead and drop in the comments hashtag oh man i didn't i didn't pre-plan the hashtag like i usually do hashtag um hmm does anybody have any ideas? Because I'm I'm really struggling here trying to think of a hashtag. I want to do something Obi-Wan related, but at the same time, I kind of want to do the Bad Batch related. Uh, hashtag. Um, 
You guys got to give me a second here. I'm so sorry. I'm so, 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 so sorry. Uh, hashtag, I just got to say something, right? I just got to say something. Hashtag Kenobi with six eyes at the end. Hashtag K-E-N-O-B-I-I-I-I-I-I. That's such a dumb one. That is the worst hashtag, ending hashtag I've ever had on my podcast. Between this podcast and Live at the Cantina, too. Me and Noah never had a pod uh, ending hashtag that, that was that dumb. Man, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, no. Yeah, okay, but I already said it, so it's locked in. All right, so head over to my last TikTok, hashtag Kenobi with six eyes if you made it this far. Thank you guys so much for listening. I I really do appreciate it if you, if you genuinely listen to my podcast. It means so much to me. Uh, but thank you guys. Uh, may the force be with you, and I will see you next time. Peace out.